Everybody and welcome to a special, special, special episode of the Never Alive Podcast Lecture Series. Um, I came up with the lecture series pretty much because there's a lot of things that I like to talk about from my own perspective that I haven't really unpacked um, on the show. Um, I haven't. It's hard to unpack on social media. Maybe people who have talked to me face to face have had a chance for me to unpack these things. Um, but so I felt the need to start a lecture series so I could talk about these topics in depth. And in the first in the Never Alive lecture series, the first lecture is called "Men Must Lead." Men must lead. So. Enjoy the lecture first and foremost And uh, I can't wait to continue doing this And we will see you on the flip side Enjoy Anyway, does anybody watch the show Married at First Sight? Um, if you do, or if you don't Here's the premise of the show We watch a lot of it It's, it's in its 12th season The premiere of the 12th season just aired this week Was it last week? Saturday or something? Friday or Saturday or something like that. I don't know. But um, the premise of the show is that um, tens of thousands of people from each city apply to be on the show. And then there's a panel of experts. There is a uh, there's a relationship um, therapist. Uh, there's a sociologist. There's a family therapist. And there is a sex therapist. And so now all those those experts get together and they sift through the thousands and thousands of applicants on the show and then for the show. And then they narrow it down to some seasons, three couples, some seasons is four couples, some seasons is five couples. Right. Boom. And so they get together um, and they get married one day. Right. And so you get to watch the journey of them going through the eight week process of being married. And after the eight weeks, they decide if they want to stay married or not. And so during the course of the show, uh, they they explore all different um, parts of your relationship. So obviously, um, when they go on the honeymoon is the initial connection and intimacy and then uh, moving in together, it's like finances, how you divide the space, um, how you get along with each other's families, um, all those things. And so one of the things uh, when, it's, um, when it comes to um, the parts of the relationship is that I'm noticing is that a lot of the men express concern about their relationship because they're hesitant to be vulnerable first in fear out of, well, you know, the same reason things we always fear rejection when it comes to being um, vulnerable, fear of rejection, uh, fear of hurt and fear of pain. And the, that fear of intimacy and that fear of rejection, that fear of pain, that fear of hurt, that, f- that fear that comes with being vulnerable 
severely holds a lot of these relationships back. And so as I'm watching, I'm constantly going, yo, be the man, be the man, be the man, be the man. And to say be the man without any context just comes off kind of like sexist, a little misogynistic, even so. Um, I want to qualify, I want to quantify, qualify, qualify what it means to be the man in that situation. And also, let me even draw it out of that context. Let me draw it into the broader context of in every relationship. It doesn't, since I'm heterosexual, I talk about it from the heterosexual perspective because that's the only perspective that I've experienced. But if you take a step back and look outside of our own experiences, in every relationship, doesn't matter if it's heterosexual, doesn't matter if it's man, man, woman, woman, trans people, whatever, whatever the spectrum is. In every relationship, there is the dominant person and the submissive person. And you can look at dominant and submissive in terms of you can even call it masculine, feminine yin and yang, whatever you want to call it, there's two sides of a coin in every single relationship. There's the dominant person and the submissive person, or the feminine person and the masculine person, or the yin and yang, however you want to look at it, right? I'm going to say man, woman in this context because I'm straight, I'm cis, and that's the context that I have experienced and spoken from. So I'm going to say man, woman, but keep in mind, it's interchangeable. It's interchangeable. It's not just man, woman, it's masculine, feminine. We know masculine, feminine is not tied to gender, uh, dominant, submissive, yin and yang, whatever duality you want to, whatever words of duality you want to ascribe to it, you can use those words. I'm going to use man, woman, because that's my experience. In cis man, woman relationships, the man has to be emotionally vulnerable first if you want the woman to be emotionally vulnerable first. And even to a broader sense, into a broader sense if you want your, as the man, if you want your woman to behave in a certain manner, you have to behave that way first. And here's why. We are looking for people who are strong where we are weak. And so naturally, as a masculine entity or a man or whatever, we are strong in the sense that society in its patriarchy gives us a comfort zone, a, a bed uh, or whatever you want to do to be wrong and make mistakes. And the consequence of it is not getting your life threatened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not putting yourself in physical danger. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're, that's to say, if you're emotionally vulnerable with a woman, more than likely the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get your feelings hurt. Where with women, if they're emotionally vulnerable with a man, they can put their physical well-being in jeopardy, right? So it's not even a real comparison. It's feelings versus um, your physical, your life. Feelings versus your life. So as a man, I'm in a position where if I present myself as vulnerable first, 
it comes across as strength and it comes across as it's 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 strength where women are weak because men's disgustingness <laughs> doesn't allow them to be strong in that context am i making sense i know it seems no, it seems a little but follow what i'm saying so what i'm saying is that in these relationships a lot of these guys are like i i um i need to i need I need her to make me feel comfortable to be emotionally vulnerable. Those that those dudes end up in a fucked up situation because it's not attractive to a lot of women to be the person to make themselves emotionally vulnerable. First, going back to the reasons that I was saying before, society doesn't give women that much space to do so because a lot of times the consequence can be putting their physical well-being in danger. So I look at emotional vulnerability like this um, analogy. If you are dating or you're with or what in whatever relation where wherever on the spectrum of relationships you are with your woman, I look at being emotionally vulnerable as you guys it's a metaphor. You guys are standing apart. You walk up to her and you hold her hand. And how that equates is you tell her exactly how you feel about her. Not because you're expecting her to the same way it would be great if wonderful she felt the same way but you're not telling her how you feel because you're expecting her to feel that way the same you're telling her how you feel because that's how you genuinely feel and to be genuine is to say out loud that the things the things that you are thinking and feeling meaning that of course, it takes a few thoughts. It, it, of course, it takes a while of thinking about things before you understand that you really mean it to say it. But after you've, after you've thought about something and you feel it and you mean it and you say it, just that is the, the genuineness that women are looking for. Not you saying it to get her response and not you saying it to get something in return. So when you say it genuinely, not with the expectation of getting a response, that is like you holding her hand. It's you putting yourself out there because it's something genuine that you want to do. And by telling her instead of asking her or waiting for her to say it first, it gives less space for indecisive. It gives no space for indecisiveness. So again, if I tell you first, or if I walk up and hold your hand first, I'm being very specific about my intention, and I've closed the gap for indecisiveness. Which indecisiveness, which means now the ball is in her court, and she is either going to again, if you hold her hand, she's either going to get on board and hold your hand back. Or she's going to let go of your hand because either experience is genuine as opposed to the indecisive way, walking up, 
offering your hand and going, will you hold my hand? The will you hold my hand is psychological space for indecisiveness. The reaching your hand out and the physical space between your two hands is physical indecisiveness. And in my experience, women are not attractive to emotional indecisiveness. They're not attracted to wishy-washy on the fence, back and forth. He needs me to make him feel comfortable first. Now, of course, um, that's what some women want and that's what makes some women happy. And that's also what some women will settle for. But that just... You know, it hasn't been my experience, and it seems like dudes who put themselves in that position end up in a bad place. So, the bigger point is this, and you can, and I guess you can. Let's look at it from the. Let's look at it from my experience first. What, what I've experienced. I don't want to try to talk from to other people's experience, but what I experience is that if you want to establish what your relationship is with a woman you don't ask her you tell her or you start behaving that way because if you start behaving like her boyfriend and she wants to be your girlfriend she's just going to start behaving like your girlfriend too that goes back to you behaving like her boyfriend is being emotionally vulnerable first. It closes the space for indecisiveness. And then it puts the ball in her court of I'm down or I'm not down as opposing to, as opposed to asking, will you be my girlfriend? That's not you being emotion. That's not you being emotionally vulnerable. Cause instead of saying, I want, I want to be this, you're saying, will you be this? So the asking instead of stating leaves more space for indecisiveness as not you being emotionally vulnerable because you're putting your decision based on her decision instead of you just deciding this is what I would like. And also, I want to say this out loud, not to get it, but just saying it makes it genuine to me. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry about that. We got the... uh Got the oven on self-cleaning and it got a little smoky and my lady is on a work call so she couldn't really get up and do it. So I had to go up and do it. So back to my point of don't ask if you want to know your relationship status with a woman, if you want to elevate your relationship status, you have to be emotionally vulnerable first. And the way you become emotionally vulnerable first is just doing what you say you want. And what I mean by that is if you're dating someone, if you're dating a woman and you want her to be your girlfriend, don't ask her to be your girlfriend. Tell her I'm with you. Or just start behaving like a boyfriend. And if she is interested in you, she'll start behaving like your girlfriend and then you'll be together. But your behavior sends the message of you being emotionally vulnerable first. And so she's either going to take your lead of being emotionally vulnerable with you or she's going to be like, this isn't for me. I'm not down with it. And. Of course, that's the risk of being emotionally vulnerable. But I just think as like guys, life since what, 10, 11 years old, we've been getting rejected every single day for decades. 
So you got to learn. You got to learn how to get. You got to learn how to get rejected. You got to learn the difference between your ego being hurt and your feelings being hurt and work through whichever one is hurt being uh, being rejected. But the reason why women don't feel comfortable being a more are not even don't feel not even don't feel comfortable, don't want to are not interested in being emotionally vulnerable first a lot of times because one. Women being emotionally vulnerable puts their physical well-being at risk. And um, number two, she wants to know that you're in it first. And so, like I was saying before, the, is the the metaphor of holding hands. If I walk, I walk up to you and I hold your hand, and now the ball is in your court to either hold my hand back or let go of my hand because that's not what you're into. And I don't know. I just, I just, I just firmly believe that if guys, if we don't start taking that step first, that, you know, it's, it's a big part of the reason why our relationships are messed up. It's a big part of the reason women don't trust men is because the woman had to be emotional, emotionally vulnerable first. And it starts to feel disingenuous because why is she the one being vulnerable first? Why isn't he being vulnerable first? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I don't know. I just have that on my mind. Um, I would love to open it up to the listeners. I don't even know what open up to listeners means. I started a room on Clubhouse, but I don't even know how to add people. I think I pinged, I pinged one person, but, you know, people are at work right now, so they can't even, you know. But um, you can always comment. You can always comment in the Facebook. Let me, let's see. And the saw was like, I'm not sure which part. He was referring to specifically. Let me see if I can read the comment and tease out what he was saying specifically. Um, um, all facts. This dynamic causes miscommunication issues from my experience. And society this issue even further when you look at what society expects for men and women respectively. Um, and that's true. I think that there's society looks at male leadership through a a very, very narrow scope of like money and like physical exertion and like um, your status in the world. And um, of course, those things play a role into who you are. But like, I don't think that's real leadership. I think real in the terms of, again, in a relationship, uh, intimacy is is critical. It's paramount. Emotional intimacy is paramount. Uh, physical intimacy, psychological intimacy, those things are paramount. And uh, women are attracted to leaders. So if you make all the money in the world, but you don't show up for her emotionally, she's not going to feel like you a leader. She not. She's really not. If you don't open up with your feelings and honestly, and if if you're not genuine with your feelings too, not just saying things because you think that's what she wants to hear or you think that's going to keep you in a good spot or you think that's going to keep y'all from having conflict or you think that's going to keep you from not having big fights, but you have to say genuine and, and, and in a respectful, honest manner, but you have to say things that could possibly upset her. But it's not and it's not as a tactic to ex- upset her. And it's not saying it in a way to just be an asshole, because remember, being genuine, there's a lot of parts of being genuine when it comes to your feeling. Your feelings is first how you feel 
inside. That's your most genuine feeling, right? How you feel on the inside. But then when you express your feelings, express genuinely expressing your feelings isn't just what you feel on the inside. Genuinely expressing your feelings is understand that when I express these feelings, they're going to be landing on other people. So when I express how I feel, it also has to be reflective of how the, it's going to be received to other people. So when I say share your feelings genuinely, you're saying it in a manner where one, how you specifically feels is being communicated, but also it's said in a way so that the person who you're communicating with is going to have the best opportunity to clearly understand how you're feeling. And a lot of us, I'm an emotional person, I'm an emotional person, and I've a million times just without thinking, without settling, without taking a deep breath, just spit out what I was feeling. And just spitting out what I'm feeling isn't 100% genuine because it's only express it's only expressing what I'm feeling. It's not expressing how I want the person who this feelings are landing on to be able to hear what I'm specifically saying. And sometimes in saying that, you're going to hurt people's feelings. But you know what? In relationships, you're going to hurt each other's feelings. That's just what it is. You're going to hurt each other's feelings. Now you need to make sure again that you're being genuine and you're saying something that's not just for the specific reason to hurt someone's feeling. But when you're in a relationship, you're going to hurt people's feelings. But you need to learn to communicate and work through those hurting each other's feelings because specifically saying things to hurt people's feelings is just as bad as holding in your feelings and not saying anything because you want to keep the peace. And I've been guilty of that plenty of times. I know I've been guilty of that. I don't want to even act like I haven't. But uh, yeah, that was a great, uh, that was a great comment by Nasur. Um, if anybody else is still watching and want to chime in a little bit, or want to even jump into the to the to, to the uh, streamyard stream that I'm on, I can even drop you in there. Um, I probably should have went live on like Instagram, but like, oh, that's over. I cut the music off. I need to. I probably should have one laugh. You know what? Maybe I should do this on a regular basis. Maybe. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Early thing. I think that was it. Um. I think I'm gonna just go post this to the. Um. Yeah, I think I'll just post this to the SoundCloud and um, see y'all later.